DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Tell them DJ and PK sent you and receive $33 off any service. All right, it is time to hear from the Utes. It is now, what are we, about three weeks now from the, uh, from the opener. The Utes in Arizona. The secondary was great, right? There were NFL guys all over the place, wherever you looked. Problem is, now all the NFL guys are off to the NFL, so the secondary largely needs to be rebuilt. Sharif Shaw coaching the defensive backs. Here he is with the media on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I just wanted to know what what it's been like having to uh, get all, all new corners ready to go for a season, especially in a shortened off season uh, as far as camp goes. And you have so many young guys. How are you getting them ready for game time? For speeding them through uh, absolute water holes. I mean, it's it's difficult. You know, we have a, a defense that's predicated on understanding very quickly what you have to do in a myriad of situations. So having these young guys understand what we'd like them to do in various situations is difficult because we continue to implement our defense. We won't stop slowing down the pace with which we are introducing them to various concepts that they have to be able to decipher, then apply and execute at a very high level. So it's tough on them, but this is just part of the process and what we've had to do. You know, this this hasn't been the first year we've had to do this, but you know, with so many vacancies, you're just look, waiting for somebody to completely emerge as the guy that says, OK, listen, I get it. I see the pace that I'm getting the information. I'm starting to understand what I'm saying. Now let's make plays. So that's what I'm waiting for. I see glimpses, but I don't see the consistency that's going to make me feel good come November 7th. Not yet. Thankfully, we have a few more weeks to grind it out. Next up is Dirk Facer with the Desert News, followed by Josh Newman with the Salt Lake Tribune. Good morning, Shreve. Good to see you. Always, always, brother. Always good to see you, my friend. But, hey, I was going to ask you, with uh, all the guys in the secondary that are kind of new, do you and Morgan, what do you guys do after practice? I'm sure you sit and try to evaluate, but right now it's probably a, an open book, especially since you haven't had full contact. You know, that's so funny, Dirk, because on nearly uh, after every practice, Kelly and I will run up to the uh, defensive staff room and watch various aspects of film. We'll sit and watch one-on-ones trying to get an idea of who's understanding our techniques. We want to watch our seven-on-seven, you know, because we just need to get a – we want to watch it together. Both he and I will look at it, and then we look at it as a defensive staff, you know, make our own notes. But that's been one of the biggest things that we've had to do quickly, often, and over and over and over again. Quick evaluations, more evaluations. We see it live. You think you saw something that was awesome. Is it confirmed on film? Good, great, noted. Let's put them in a more difficult situation next time to see if we can repeat the same result. So that's been big. Coming up here pretty soon, we'll be able to continue to separate guys because pads will go on. We'll have some full contact coming. You know. Things are starting to at least identify themselves. There's some players in the back end that are very physical, you know, and you like that. We have been a physical secondary uh, and will remain a physical secondary. So it's teaching these guys that that's an attitude every single play. Your temperament and how you bring your level of physicality every single play has to be identified on film. So if I don't see it, 
and a, a kid tells me, oh, coach, I was going to do this, but it wasn't done. Well, you didn't do it. You didn't do it, and that's a minus. <laughs> I give a lot of minuses, and I've been given a lot more than I've ever given in this fall camp. But I think the only way good players really learn is that they recognize their deficiencies. It's explained to them why the minus occurred, and now they get better from it. Well, hey, stay safe. Thank you. Appreciate you. Next up is Josh Newman, followed by Jody with the Deseret News. Hey, good morning, Sharif. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Um, Kyle has already said previously uh, that Clark Phillips has been working uh, both at the nickel and outside. Um, from your vantage point, do you, uh, do you envision him uh, staying at the nickel, you know, once games start, or, or might he kick outside? Uh, the goal is to teach him both positions. You know, if we don't have the luxury just to have him learn the inside. You know, we want to be able to introduce most of the ball players that are in my room, the nuances of nickel and outside corner. And it is very difficult to understand and play the inside. But what I envision, and hopefully he begins to understand it at a rate that gives us comfort and confidence in him, is that he'll be able to understand both the inside as well as he's already been able to understand the outside. So we'd like him to develop and continuing to develop both positions. Um, and and just to follow that up briefly, what have you seen out of a guy, um, uh, Fabian Marks, who's you know another freshman, young guy, trying to learn the position? Just what have you seen out of him so far? Uh, Fabian shows really good glimpses of speed, quickness. One of the biggest reasons we – went to Texas to recruit him is because he's fast. Uh, state finalist in the 200-meter, 20.200 guy. We love guys with speed because it translates in terms of what we do and the level of man coverage and the blitzes that we bring. So he has shown that ability. Uh, we need him to continue to develop from an intellectual standpoint because, again, he's one of those young freshmen that start swimming at times because of high school eyes that allowed you to make plays but that'll get you beat in college. You know, you have to have very disciplined eyes in order to be a very effective cornerback at this level and then hopefully the next for some of these guys in the room. But I love how Fabian is developing and coming along like that he's getting more comfortable in the coverages. He's starting to understand where his help is. He can play with different techniques. So he's, he's coming along nicely at this juncture, Cam. Next up is Jody with the Deseret News, followed by Bill Riley with ESPN 700. Hi, Coach. I'm wondering, uh, what what are your expectations of the special teams unit? And uh, what what do you see as some of the strengths and maybe some areas where you need some improvement? Well, the expectation is always to sit in the number one spot. We've been the top three. We've been either as a unit in the top one or two three spots in the entire conference every year we've, since we've joined the Pac-12. So the expectation is to have great special teams play. It's something that Coach Whittingham has put his stamp on. It's something that we continue to do. Every coordinator before me has sat in that position, and it's, that's the expectation. I think we'll have a very dynamic punt return team. Having Cubby back, he is projected right now to be the guy, you know, and, and I love it. Love that he's feeling a lot better. He's looking a lot more explosive, so I love our punt return team. Our KOR team is just a team that we continue to implement a, a system that we've created you know, that allows our offense to get the ball in certain locations to shorten the, the field. So um, my KOR team, our, our unit, 
is continuing just to take advantages of the opportunities when they present themselves. Kickoff has been outstanding. The lead coach is Coach Swan on our kickoff unit. Did a magnificent job and did a number one in the conference at the end of the year. You know, and punt team is where we want to make good strides. We have been unbelievably good in punt team, and last year wasn't as good as we wanted it to be, so we have to be better in our protections. We want to be more effective in certain locations of the field. Maybe we can get opponents pinned in the fashion and the rate in which we are accustomed to. You know, when we're trying to kick certain punts in the sky territory, we just want to be better at effectuating certain nuances as it relates to punting. That's what we'd like to make and continue to improve on. Next up will be Bill Riley with ESPN 700. Coach Shaw, good morning. Real deal, Bill. What's up, baby? I'm doing well. We've talked a lot about you youngsters, but uh, you've got a couple of guys that have been in the program a little bit, and I talked to Coach Witt on the show last night, and, and he, uh, he singled out Travis Broughton as a guy that's popped a little bit early in camp where he got some reps last year. Um, what do you like about his game, and, and do you expect him, even though he didn't get a lot of game reps, he's been in the system, he knows what the expectations are, are you expecting him to be one of your leaders in the secondary? I am. Great question, Bill. I absolutely am. Love to Travis. Went to Oklahoma to get him. Again, another kid that is 20.200 meter runner, 10.500. Love JT. Love the way that he is starting to own his leadership role as a young player. Just a true sophomore. You know, he's doing things that I anticipated would happen. And it's happening at the time that we need it to happen. We're starting to see him being able to close on the deep ball. You know, I want JT, first and foremost, I, and I tell him this to his face, I need him to improve his ball skills and ball tracking ability because he will put himself, given his God-given attributes and ability, he'll put himself in the position to make plays. But the thing that we have been good at is coming down with those turnovers. I want him to be able to get to intercept the ball, not just get a PBU. So him covering the more vertical routes, have been, it's really been refreshing to watch that happen and being able to get his hands and his use his length at the line of scrimmage. It's also been good. And then just understanding where he should be and how he should fit in certain zone schemes when we're working various coverages. So I love JT, love how he's working through camp right now. I just want it to be consistent. Like I tell every single ball player, be consistent so that I can trust you. When I put your name in front of my DC, he can trust you. And when he puts his name in front of my head coach, the head coach can trust you. But Travis is doing an outstanding job for us right now. Just want him to continue to be hungry and continue working. All right, there's Sharif Shah, coaches the secondary for the University of Utah and PK, you listen to that. A lot of new names because so many familiar names are gone. And I guess we circled to Travis Broughton, cornerback from Tulsa, Oklahoma, the only Oklahoman on the roster, as uh, one of the guys to expect back there. They usually need five defensive backs, sometimes six. So they're going to have to find a lot of guys and force feed them through the, uh, the fire hose, as Sharif said at the, at the start of that. Yeah, I think you need 10. I mean, I think you need a first team and a second team because you're going to have injuries. That's just a fact of life. They got battered 
by injuries. Didn't come till late in the season, but they got battered by injuries late in the season. So you're going to need 10 of those guys to be run out there, and it's all about the trust. And right now there isn't a lot of trust, nor should there be, because they haven't been out there in live action. You know, maybe they would have had more of an idea if they would have had spring ball, but they only had a couple of practices. Don't think they ever got the pads put on and all that stuff. So, you know, we're just in the first couple of days of what is the true fall camp. So it's natural that they don't have that trust. Now they will need to gain that trust to an extent. They'll have more trust in two weeks than they have today. And then when the games start and so forth, they'll go from there. So, but, you know, you look at the track record, uh, Kyle Whittingham, Morgan Scally, and Sharif Shaw, they've put so many guys in positions to succeed. Guys were unheralded. You know, Jalen Johnson was heralded, right? So his success has been no surprise. But there's been a bunch of guys that, you know, we never even heard of, never got much of a run, but yet they come to the program, and then they end up being stars in the program, and then some of them end up uh, being in the NFL. So I look at these guys, the the three that I just mentioned, the coaches, you got to give them some time to develop to say, okay, I've got trust in player XYZ. They just don't have it right now. But I'm also surprised no one asked him about his wife being on Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. The too. real Housewives. He got Nobody. Away. He got away yeah. with that. Man. Now his wife is going to, she's going to be featured as, as I understand. When we come back, head coach Kyle Whittingham. Next, stay with us. Nothing else matters, fellas. Every day we go to work. Football is back, and the Zone Sports Network has you covered as the Cougars continue to bulldoze through their schedule and the Utes and Aggies get set for the start of their season. We gotta go faster, faster. Nobody will bring you better coverage of your team than the Zone Sports Network. This is your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. Turn me up all day. 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We just heard from Sharif Shaw. Now it's time to hear from the head coach, Kyle Whittingham. Okay, everybody, whoever's out there. Uh, had a very physical last two days of practice, which was great to see. Uh hadn't had the pads on or hit anybody for months and months and months. And so it was refreshing to be able to play uh, football again, almost play football. There was no live work the last couple of days, but there will be today. So we feel like uh, we've had a great start to camp. We're four days in. Uh, first time we've put the, f- the full gear on will be today. And uh, looking forward to that and getting some good evaluations. Uh, so far, a lot of good things from uh, a lot of young players, which uh, we need to find that out quickly where we are with a lot of those young guys because a lot of them are going to help us this year. And as soon as we identify who those guys are, we've got to uh, start sinking the majority of the reps into those guys. So so we've got to make quick decisions this camp and uh, start getting the guys that are going to be in the two deep, the, the vast majority of the reps. So looking forward to... Uh, getting back out on the field today and, and seeing what happens in the live work and uh, continuing to uh, judge the quarterbacks and evaluate them every day. If they're all three off to a pretty good start, we anticipate uh, having it narrowed down to at least two. Uh, we will have it narrowed down to at least two after the scrimmage. Now, we won't announce that. Nobody's going to know, and we won't announce the starter maybe until game week, but uh, we'll, we'll continue to think that through. But, but we very know very well may have a starter, uh, at least in-house, after Saturday scrimmage. Because like we said at the onset of camp, 
the sooner we are able to uh, identify that guy, the better. And so that's where we're at. We're at uh, right now. So questions. First up will be John Kuhn with AP, followed by Trevor Allen with KSL Sports. Coach, um, Devin Lloyd mentioned that he's tried to be more of a vocal leader in camp this year. Uh, last year, he had a breakout season as a linebacker, one of the few returning starters on defense this year. How important is it for him to take on a more active leadership role within the defense? Exceptionally important, and he's done a great job so far. <clears throat> he's voted one of our captains. Uh, he's been a captain since January, and he's accepted that role and and uh, really lived up to to what uh, the expectations were. And, between he, him and Mika Tafua, those are our two defensive captains for now. We'll vote again on Thursday. We vote twice a year, every year for captains, uh, once in January and once during fall camp, which is essentially what's going on now. But he's, uh, he, as you mentioned, had a heck of a year last year. I believe he led the team in tackles. He's a bigger, better version of himself this year and uh, expecting a big year from him uh, production-wise and leadership-wise. Next up is Trevor Allen, followed by Dirk Facer with the Deseret News. Hey, Kyle, I just wanted to see if you had a comment on um, Jalen Dixon entering his name into the transfer portal. Yeah, Jalen's decided to uh, move on. Uh, he hasn't really been with us full time for several months. He's been going through some some issues that he's trying to work out. Uh, Jalen believes that perhaps a new surroundings and a fresh start would would do him good and and uh, i'm all for that we're, we're all for that we want him to you know wish success for him and, and want him to be in a situation that he can thrive in not that he couldn't thrive here in our minds because we we thought he was doing a, a good job the last few years with us but but uh he has decided that uh it's in his best interest to look for a new place to play so we support him 100 percent in that and uh, hoping that it all works out for him. Next up is Dirk Facer, followed by Josh Newman with the Salt Lake Tribune. Morning, Kyle. Uh, just curious what the developments are in the secondary after four days of camp. Got a good start on the evaluations there. Um, some of the corners that have stood out, JT Broughton is probably our number one corner right now. Um, Malone Mataele has had a good first four days, as has Clark, as has Clark Phillips. Fabian Marks is doing a nice job. Uh, Bronson Boyd hasn't been out there full time. He's, he's a little bit nicked up, but uh, when he's out there, he's, he's performing at a high level as well. Uh, in the secondary or in the safety position, uh, the two starters, at least at this point in time, are uh, Vontae Davis and RJ Stanford, but they're being pushed by Nate Ritchie, uh, Kamo Ilatu, our two freshman safeties. Um, Zamaya Vaughn is doing a nice job back there as well. So, so nothing definitive yet, but uh, we've got a good start uh, on, on the evaluations, and that will continue for uh, probably the next two weeks. Kyle, I didn't get a chance to ask you, but what are your thoughts on Alex Smith uh, making it all the way back to actually playing in an NFL game and the journey he's uh, undergone? Yeah, I was asked that last night on the radio show, and the same answer I have today, it's miraculous the way from the injury that, that he had and the, and the condition that that leg was in to be able to fight all the way back just to walk, let alone uh, playing in the National Football League. And so incredible story. Uh, Alex is one of the physically and mentally toughest players we've ever had come through here. So uh, if anyone was able to do it, was going to be able to do it, it would be him. 
and uh, just excited for him and, and happy that he's back on the field. I hope things continue in a positive direction for him. Thanks, Cal. Next up is Josh Newman, followed by Chris Camarani with The Athletic. Hey, good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Josh. Um, specifically with R.J. Hubert, you know, the fact that he is healthy um, and he's taking reps, and as you said, he is the projected starter. The fact that he is healthy, how, how much does that do for you in terms of, you know, problem solving within the secondary, having so much youth and so many question marks? Well, it does a lot because, as you said, it's uh, very – the secondary is laden with uh, freshmen, a couple sophomores, and he's a, uh, one of the few uh, upperclassmen, and him and Bonte. And so to have him back on the field and healthy is is uh, a big plus for us. Uh, like I said, nothing's set in stone. we got some talented young guys that uh, are, are challenging, but, but to have him out there is a stabilizing factor for us, and a guy that uh, has been in the system and knows how to get guys lined up and, and – uh, makes very few assignment errors that's that's good a good uh, good for our defense and, and uh you know coach galley is by the time this is all said and done he'll he'll have the right guys out there i've got no doubt about that just to follow that up real quick um what have you seen um out of nate ritchie and do you envision him being able to really kind of get in the mix here early nate ritchie will absolutely be in the mix he's done a great job ever since he started with us and uh, which was back in the summer He's a smart kid. He's tough. He's got size. He reminds me of Chase Hansen coming out of high school. Not quite as big a frame as Chase, but uh, probably faster and uh, more of a, a true safety where Chase was uh, – well, actually, Chase was a quarterback, obviously, initially, but Chase went from safety – from quarterback to safety then the backer. Nate, we don't anticipate being anything other than a safety in our program. Now, that could change if all of a sudden he gains a bunch of weight. But but uh, he's uh, a guy right now that's getting as many reps as anybody at the safety spot and performing very well. Next up is Chris Camarani, followed by Mike Sorensen with the Desert. Well, I know every year you guys have a couple walk-ons or transfers that kind of fly under the radar and then show up in fall camp. And just looking at the roster, um, you know, I noticed a guy like Baron Gakowski, who was up at Utah State, is now on the team as a linebacker listed. Um, Nick Billups was a guy coming out of high school that a lot of people were surprised didn't get a lot of offers. He's on the team now. I'm just wondering, are there some new guys, some walk-ons that we haven't really heard from or heard about that you guys are looking at? potentially, um, you know, making a move roster-wise? Probably too early to make that determination. We do have a, a lot of quality walk-ons in the program and, and guys that uh, – we have a track record that is very good as far as uh, getting good walk-ons in the program and those walk-ons earning scholarships down the road. And so I'm sure there's some of those hidden gems in there somewhere right now with only four days to, to go off of. And uh, the walk-ons not uh, – you know, the, the young walk-ons not getting a lot of reps yet. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I wouldn't be able to give you an accurate answer on that as far as who the, the lead guys are, but we're, we're pleased with the walk-on group. And uh, like I said, we've had a, a tradition of uh, having quality walk-ons in our program, and, and hopefully that will be the case this year. Next up, Next up is Mike Sorensen with the Deseret News, followed by the final question coming from Jody with the Deseret News. Mike, you really did an article about my weight. Oh yeah, the I thought that was just an off-the-record question. I guess people are interested interested in that stuff, Coach. They like you. So. Slow, slow sports time, I guess. I'm, right. I'm glad. I'm glad you're reading the paper. That's good. Well, it was brought to my attention. Hey, uh, you've got a chat. You know, you talk about the quarterback situation, and everyone assumes it's going to be Bentley or Rising. 
we don't hear a lot about Drew Lisk. I just wondered, does he have any real chance of, of being the quarterback? And, and if he ha- does have to play this year, what are some of the strengths that he has that can bring to your team? Well, he absolutely has a real chance of being the, the quarterback. He's, he's getting reps. We wouldn't sink reps into a guy that uh, we didn't think had a chance. And so he's getting the same amount of reps as the other two at this point in time. But uh, that could change and will change at some point. He'll either get more or less depending on where, where he ends up in the pecking order. But uh, Drew, the main uh, attribute or quality that Drew brings to the table is his cerebral approach to the game. He's, he's got complete command of the offense. He never makes a mental mistake, makes great decisions, uh, goes through his route progression when, he's, when we're throwing the football and, and uh, does a good job taking care of the football and really just runs the offense exceptionally well. Uh, he's more, him and Jake are more alike. Uh, as far as their styles, they both feel more comfortable in the pocket rather than uh, getting out and, and running the football. Where Cam uh, Rising is the guy that's more the the runner of the two. So, so Jake and of the three, Jake and uh, Drew Lisk are far more similar than, than different. But Cam is a, a different animal than uh, than the other two. Final question goes to Jody from the Deseret News. Hi, Coach. We're all uh, jealous of your weight loss success, so congratulations. Uh, <laughs> you got to quit talking about that, though. All right. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, you, you have placed such a big emphasis on special teams. I'm curious where that philosophy comes from, and how do you see this special this year's special teams playing out? Well, it originated when I had my first uh, collegiate job at Idaho State University. The first year I was there, uh, my first experience in coaching any any at, uh, at that level, I had a, ch- a little bit of opportunity at high school, but but uh, it was, uh, what, a week before fall camp was going to open up, our special teams coordinator uh, unexpectedly resigned. Uh, I was given the role, I was given the job of a special teams coordinator right then, a week before the, the season really had no background in it other than having played on special teams as a player. And at that point, I fell in love with it. Just uh, had a, a great experience, was the special teams coordinator there for four years before I got moved to the defensive coordinator spot at Idaho State. And so that's where it all started. My love and, and uh, just being able to understand the importance of special teams started then. And I've carried that with me uh, ever since. And I've always known how important it is and was uh, and already made the decision when and if I got the opportunity to become a head coach that it was going to be a, a, a phase of the game that was emphasized and that I was going to have a big role in. And I'm uh, completely involved in the special teams here. And I think that really when the head coach is involved in the special teams to the extent that uh, that I am and that some of the others, Urban Meyer was the same way, it, it creates buy-in, immediate buy-in for the players. And they understand how important it is. And, and uh, that's really the key. The key to successful special teams is that your players buy into it. And when the head coach shows a, a genuine interest in it, takes part in it, that, uh, that helps solidify that. There's Kyle Whittingham, his media availability. So, uh, PK, several takeaways there. Uh, Kyle did not sound distraught at the thought of having Jalen Dixon's uh, scholarship back. So... That seems like a mutual parting of the ways there. Didn't seem anybody horribly upset about that. Uh, JT Broughton, I guess we can pencil him in. There's a name we're going to have to going to have to learn because we heard it from Sharif Shah and from Kyle. So if you're looking for a starting corner and starting to rebuild the secondary, there's a guy they are uh, are definitely counting on. Okay, yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, we each take different things from it. 
to me, uh, I don't understand how you can have a starting quarterback after one scrimmage. That must mean that there's something more to it, that they're not all dead even. It's not a triple heat right now because always, if you're going to have yeah. one after you potentially, and I didn't say definitely, he said potentially uh, after Saturday's scrimmage, that seems awfully quick in the very first week. So maybe they do have, and they probably do, and they don't want to share, and I get that. You play that game, and you want players to compete. And, uh, you know, you need to have them there, and, and you also have to play the game of, of, of keeping them engaged so they don't go looking to go someplace else uh, with that in mind. Uh, also, too, you know, the idea, well, we got to get these guys up to speed in a hurry. Well, you don't have uh, a, a practice game off the off the bat with – uh, a lower level team but you do play Arizona and UC Los Angeles off the bat and those aren't supposed to be good teams so maybe you catch a little bit of a break there with that scheduling you know we've talked about many times how you play teams when you play them matters sometimes as far as uh, actually playing them and I think that the schedule maker did them a little bit of a favor in terms of uh, playing Arizona at home right off the bat because that shouldn't be that difficult a game. You never know. This conference, is, you, you, there's been some head scratchers. I say this every year. I sound like a broken record. But that should give them an opportunity to get some more uh, uh, information without the pressure necessarily, the big-time pressure of having to scratch and claw for a victory. And then thirdly, I, I think no matter what weight, Kyle Whittingham has always looked hot. Okay, thanks for that. Wow. <laughs> You know, the uh, the only thing I'd add to the quarterback thing, I think everything you said is true. I mean, there's a million things going on at once, and multiple things are true at the same time. Uh, I think that the way we've seen uh, football go, quarterbacks throw more, they're more likely to get hurt. Now, Utah has historically run more, which can protect the quarterback, but they've run the quarterback, and they've had quarterback injuries too. So you never know. It just takes one play. Um, Tyler Huntley, when he got hurt at Arizona State, was rolling out to throw, I think. So, he was escaping. So as much as, uh, yeah, Kyle knows, he always says it's completely even. It can't be completely even every year. It's not true. He says it for a variety of reasons, many of which you listed. But I think the other thing you got to factor in here is they have to keep giving reps to the second. And you don't really have that much time to give reps to the third-team quarterback. But multiple teams end up playing third-string quarterbacks. Now, you're playing fewer games this year, so presumably you're less likely to get to a third-string quarterback if you're only playing seven games than if you're playing 12. But BYU played three quarterbacks. USC started three quarterbacks last year. Stanford started their third-string quarterback in a game last year. So, yeah, some of these guys can be down the depth chart a little bit, but that doesn't mean you're not going to need them. It's like you pointed out with the defensive backs. Even if you stay healthy. You have five on a given play, six on some plays, and these guys are running 40-yard sprints. So even if you stay totally healthy, which you're not going to, you still can't have guys running 40-yard sprints play after play against some of these spread offenses. So you've got to develop a guy seven, guy eight, guy nine, and go down the line. So I think that's part of the deal with, uh, with quarterback as well, as well as all the stuff you said, keeping them engaged, you don't want them to transfer, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, he, he knows who's one and who's two and who's three. You think he does? You think in his mind he's already got a depth chart Firmly established. I would say it's 90% established. I think that um, quarterback's a position where you've really got to see guys as live as possible. There's like different rules they'll, you know, they'll roll out there to make it a little more game-like. I think he's got an idea. If he's going after one, it's like I, I, I think he knows what he wants, but he wants to see some confirmation with things at least a little more game-like. 
you know, how many in, in this scrimmage will the ones go against the ones? I can't imagine they're going to let the quarterbacks get hit, but how yeah. many exotic blitzes and stuff will they show? Because no, we know Kyle on turnovers, right? So they start throwing his own blitzes at these guys. It's not all vanilla man-to-man stuff. Um, coaches can tighten up the rules or dumb down the rules to make it easier or harder for players to succeed. Well, what you will see, if the offense dominates the first scrimmage, the defense will get the upper hand in the second scrimmage, and then vice versa. Right. All right, DJ. Everywhere in every college football program. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback is coming up next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it is time for your feedback. Everything you think about today's show. Uh, PK, we still have people responding days later to the – the reaction to the Lakers winning the championship and how excited you are or you aren't worried about competitive balance. And Steven's like, it's not competitive. Players can demand to be traded and titles can be bought. The NBA continues to die. Okay. I'm not sure it's Die? dying. That seems a bit strong. But a slow death then. But the players' <laughs> ability to build rosters that make it easier for them to win really yeah, bugs yeah, yeah. really bugs people. And it's been going on since does, LeBron yeah. and, and the I, Heat, and it's accelerating, not slowing down. Yeah. And I don't really blame the players. Who doesn't want to win? There's nothing more intoxicating than winning at, at any level, from little league all the way up to the pros, man. When you're involved in it and you, and you win, you can't buy that feeling. So I get it why they'd want to do it. I don't necessarily think it's bad for the players. I know Barkley and a lot of those guys went nuts when Durant did it, but <laughs> and there he was with his mother just celebrating wildly when they won. I mean that's and they're going to get their money either way. That's not the issue. But I think step away from the player perspective. I do think that there is a concern from the fan perspective because we don't want to see it. We want to believe that there's equity and everybody, if you do it right, has a chance to win. And to change that into the DeSay's discussion about uh, college football and why the some of the best, uh, a large number of the best in-state players are not staying in the state of Utah. Scott says Oregon destroyed Utah in the conference title game. I'd go there as one of the reasons too. And so when I started listening, we were talking about around the West. Does anyone keep them around the West? And you see where guys are leaving, where are they going out of state? They're going to Oregon. They're going to Oklahoma. They're going to Ohio State. It's a little bit of that uh, Durant to the Warriors type of thinking there. It is, except if you step back, the four-year decision versus the 40-year Yep, And I think that's what they need to push. That's why Stanford put out a thing, and Shaw talked to me about it. They put out a thing, the average salary, five years out of Stanford, ten years out of Stanford, compared to the other teams yep. in the conference, and Stanford saw some, caught for some crap for that. But to, to me, you got to project beyond the actual winning and losing out on the football field. That's important in playing time and all that stuff. But you can make a decision, particularly if you want to live in that community, that can really, really pay off if you play your cards right. Like David Nixon said, they do a great job, BYU does, of getting you in front of influential people with big money who want a jock sniff, and they'll help you out in businesses, which is very important beyond winning. I mean, and winning is great in the moment, and that's I get all that. But you know, for that level, uh, you might want to think extra, particularly as we go down the line with this name licensing and imaging stuff, too. Because if you're a local kid, and we've spoken about this, too, 
before as far as if you're a local kid, if you're a Reno Mahe coming up, and Reno, there's no more charismatic guy than Reno, right? And he stays local. He has a chance to cash in immediately as opposed to where you go to Eugene and you're coming from wherever. You're coming from West Valley, Utah. It's going to take a bit before you can make your name known. Whereas here locally, we give such tremendous with Dave Fox and Lemma and those guys with three or four games they're broadcasting this week. High school football is a huge deal. You can make your name, start making it as a 15-year-old, and that's something to consider. I think uh, name, image, and likeness is a huge game changer, and... I know you'll read the stuff about this isn't about bringing guys in and then brokering deals for them. You know, if a player can get it and get it, that's great. There's absolutely going to be brokering on a big scale from day one. Before day one, that's my point. Yeah, well, okay, you're right. Before day one. (laughs) I mean, who are you kidding? There's going to be name, image, and likeness. And you're right, PK, when a kid's a big-time player as a a junior – uh, if the uh, local, uh, I don't know, the local soda distributor, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, whoever, uh, can can have that kid doing something. If it's Budweiser, here probably not PK. But <laughs> <laughs> Budweiser, this Bud's for you. But are you telling me that a school, a coach who's trying to get a star kid isn't going to try and get that hooked up? Of course. Of course. I see name like the imaging and all that stuff in high school. Let's start with Mighty Mites. Let's let's go crazy. Let's go to Dwight too while we're at it. All right. Well, you consider which gremlins are the most marketable. You <laughs> conference football, baby. Here's Dwight. This will be the first time in BYU history that there will be more fans for BYU at a road game than any home game all season. 2020! I can't argue that. 2020. What a year. You know, it's it's weird now. You talk to uh, high school and college students now, it's been long enough that they don't remember 9-11. They didn't live it. You know, they didn't feel all the emotion and all the angst of that day. And it's weird to think that 20 years down the line, there are going to be people who don't get the 2020 references and, you know, I got a kid in high school now, right? She is never going to forget 2020. 2020 will always be a reference point for her. But she's of the age that she has no, you know, 9-11 is in the history books to her. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't register at all. So uh, 2020. Man, you can sum up a lot of things of that. 2020. You might want that clip for a drop. I don't know. If, who was That was Dwight, right? Dwight, yeah. I don't think Dwight realizes. He just made a drop. You need listener drops. 2020. 2020. Yeah, we'll Anytime it. anything weird happens, it could be three years from now. You just play 2020, and we're all like, we'll pull it. yep, that's weirdness. All right, PK, any final thoughts to share before we hit the road? I think no matter what weight you're at, you're hot, too. 2020. Scotty and Hands are coming up next. <laughs>